Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
will. I said, God will. God will. Yeah, yeah, God will. I ought to have a witness today. Yeah, God will. Yes, He will. I said, yes, he will. Yeah, God will. I'm just thinking about what the Lord has already done. Sometimes you have to testify. God will. I'm trying to stop y'all. Yeah, God will. Take good care of you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. I said, yes, he will. Yeah, he will. I want to thank you for joining us for worship on uh, this Sunday morning. We are so grateful wherever you might be. The blessing is that we know that sanctuary is where the saint is. And so wherever you might be, the Lord is with you. And you can testify with us that the Lord will take good care of you. Yes, he will. Let's open this worship experience with a moment of prayer. Again, Lord, we say thank you for all that you've done for your proven protection and taking good care of us. We are so grateful that you've brought us to this moment of worship. For each and every person watching or listening at this moment, we thank you for their presence. We pray, God, that your, this worship experience as we lead them uh, will be a blessing to them indeed. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come now, Lord Jesus. We ask it now in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus the Christ, and the people of God said together, amen and amen. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry uh, to lead us further in worship at this time.
There's a time in our worship experience where we are able to go to the Lord in prayer and we go to him corporately in prayer knowing that the Lord does hear and answer prayer and prayer not only changes things, it changes the prayer. We want to certainly remember to lift our uh, federal and national, state and local leaders who give us leadership uh, in these moments. We are grateful that the Lord has given us uh, a peaceful transfer of power. Amen. And though some tragedies have been experienced over the last couple of weeks, we praise God that he intervened allows us to have a, a new administration that we pray and believe uh, that God will use to unify our country. And so we continue to pray uh, for them, and specifically for those who are part of our church family who have requested prayer, Sister Tara Evans, Infant Bailey Barnes in Washington, D.C., uh, the granddaughter of Bobby and Sonia McGlowan, <clears throat> infant Clementine Nielsen Jackson, uh, the granddaughter of Bobby Jackson Moore, Sister Kaynette McNair, Sister Queen Temple, mother of Verdell Temple and Bobby Daly, Brother James Brooks, Brother Charles Collins, the brother of Minister Viv Ewing, Brother Herman L. Graham, the father of Sister Cheryl Weston, Reverend Merlin Klaus, Brother James Jimmy Jackson, Brother Brandon Jemerson, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother Herman Valian, the brother-in-law of Deacon Charles Smith. And for those who are bereaved because of the loss of the love, a loved one, I want to remember Mother Lois Sanders and Reverend Armin Brown in the, mother, in the loss of their mother, Mother Agnes Brown. The celebration of life will be held on Tuesday, 12 noon at the Zion Baptist Church. Uh, Brother David and Sister Carmen Worley in the loss of his father, Davis Worley Sr. And Brother Charles Northcutt Jr. in the loss, and his family in the loss of his father, Charles Northcutt Sr. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are always grateful for all that you've done for us, for being so good and for being so kind to us in spite of us, showing us grace and mercy and your long-suffering and loving kindness toward us. We uh, cannot wake up in the morning without telling you thank you because we realize, as the Word of God says, that each and every morning we are met with brand new mercies. And for that, we are grateful. We acknowledge, Lord, uh, that at some point in the last days, weeks, and months of our lives, we have sinned against you and sinned against others. And so we pray in the name of Jesus that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would as your word declares, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As the psalmist says, purge us with hyssop that we might be clean as we approach you in prayer 
and in worship. And Lord, the list is long on today of those who request our prayers. It is not all-encompassing, for there are certainly others who are in need of you moving on their behalf. And so, Lord, for those both named and unnamed, we pray that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would heal, that you would deliver, that you would set free. And for those who have lost loved ones, we pray that you give them comfort and consolation Believing and knowing to be absent from this body for the believer is to be present with the Lord. And so we ask these prayers not because you are not aware of what we wish, but when we lift these prayers, it's simply an acknowledgement that we know there are some things that only you can handle. And so we lay them at your feet, praying and believing that the fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. And we ask these prayers now in the name of our resurrected and living Savior, he who sits at the right hand of the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it all, amen and amen. We thank each and every one of you for joining us in worship. We continue to thank you for your encouragement, for your prayers, for your patience, for your understanding. Uh, even as we look around us and the, uh, these vaccines are uh, being implemented, uh, we continue to want to be patient and wise in our reopening, uh, certainly. Uh, because we want to make sure that you're safe and secure. So we continue to ask for your prayers, for your support, for your understanding, and certainly for your patience. And we ask that you would pray for our wisdom uh, to make those right decisions so that when we do return and reopen, uh, that we would do it in a way that's safe and secure. I continue to alert you that when we do return, as our new normal ministry has determined, Things will be different. We are in a new normal, and so we're going to ask for your patience and for your understanding. As well, we continue to say to you um, and commend you uh, to be safe and to be secure. The CDC and others continue to tell us to wash our hands as often as possible, to wear our mask, and to social distance as much as possible. Uh, this will help us um, cause the spread of this virus to at least begin to slow down. Uh, and so we ask that you would do this not only for your sake, but for the sake of those in your family and those, uh, in your neighbor, those who are your neighbors and those who uh, are near and dear to you. So again, we continue to ask you uh, to do so, to be careful be safe and secure because we love you and we want to make sure that we see you when we return and reopen uh, at the Salem Church. As an update, I shared with you a few weeks ago, we had a water event where one of the sprinkler pipes uh, burst in uh, the church and uh, flooded much of the 
sanctuary and the entryway. Uh, the work is ongoing at this point. We did not have to replace the carpet, praise the Lord, uh, but there uh, is some uh, work being done on the baseboards and on the drywall and other things that we're looking to get done as soon as possible so we can be back in the sanctuary but we thank God that we have uh, our north campus this north building just across uh, Lake Street where we were able uh, to move in and to lead you in worship from here but we thank you for your prayers for uh, your consideration and for your concern we continue to thank you for your faithful stewardship, uh, for uh, your faithful giving, and we uh, continue to ask you to do so, so the ministries of the Salem Church can continue on. There are various platforms for uh, you to give. Certainly, I remind you each and every week that you can mail your tithe and offering to the Salem Baptist Church at 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111, from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Friday, just outside the administrative office at the church, you can drop in your tithe and offering. You can give through our website at SalemBC.org. You can give through PayPal, through Venmo, through the Cash App, through Givelify, and very soon uh, you'll be able to text to give. And we want to make it as convenient as possible. We don't want you to miss your blessing because you could not give. And so we thank you in advance that you continue uh, your faithfulness and your stewardship. Again, we continue to pray for our church family, uh, for our country, for our world, uh, but again, specifically for our, our country in this time of transition. And Salem, I want to say to you, because of your faithfulness, uh, God has allowed us to continue on and even to some degree expand the ministry and uh, the footprint of the Salem Church each and every Sunday at 1.30 p.m. on the CW Network. Uh, we broadcast to the entire Omaha community, and there are those who would have never witnessed the worship experience of the Salem Church are now being blessed by the word and by the worship. And so, Salem, uh, you are a blessed church. We are a blessed church. And to our ministry partners, many all across the country, uh, who assist us and give their resources, uh, who are not technically members of the Salem Church, we are grateful for each of you as well. Uh, God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to uh, allow us to move forward in worship at this time. Trouble and overwhelm 
He restoreth my soul And I know that I'm never alone Because He's leading me on a path The path of righteousness Even when I walk through the valley of death I will not fear. He gives me safety and direction when I cannot find my way I know you're there to comfort me you set a table of grace right right before me right in front of my enemy yeah. you pick me up and you fill my cup you fill it with your anointing, my God. Sing, my God. Yes. says it says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me forever and ever oh surely goodness and mercy shall follow me forever Come on, if people leave that, come on, help us say, surely goodness and mercy it shall follow me forever and ever. Oh, surely goodness and mercy it shall follow me.
going to ask if you would turn in your Bibles, on your tablets, whatever devices you might be using, to the New Testament, the gospel as recorded by Luke, Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1, Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1, and the word of God reads, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, the caring shepherd, the caring shepherd. Jesus, once again, in Luke chapter 15, finds himself in a conflicting crowd. It is a conflicting crowd because those who have gathered near Jesus are on the polar opposite extremes of the social spectrum. Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus drawing this conflicting crowd. Because of his ministry and his miracles and because of the evidence of his divine authority, authority and because of the power and certainty of his teaching, these conflicting crowds are attracted to Jesus. Now the question might be, asked about this conflicting crowd. Who makes up uh, these crowds and why are they a conflicting crowd? <clears throat> well, who makes up these crowds are clearly displayed in verses 1 and 2. First crowd that's announced in this text in verse 1 is the crowd of tax collectors and sinners. The second crowd is announced in verse 2, the Pharisees and the scribes. It's clear that these two crowds are not intermingling because of the way they are announced in the text. Luke wants to clearly distinguish these two groups, wants us to know that they are undoubtedly separated, segregated, and alienated from one another. The reality is not every crowd is not in conflict. A crowd can be united 
and integrated and connected, but this crowd was a conflicting crowd. It was a conflicting crowd because one crowd, the tax collectors and sinners, drew near to Jesus because they knew they were in need of a Savior and they were well aware that they had come short of what the Lord was requiring and they were taking the first step of righting their wrongs and facing their faults and stepping up to their sins and trying to have a future that would not be stained by the mistakes and missteps of their past. These tax collectors and sinners recognized Jesus as the Savior and they were coming as empty vessels to the full fountain and flowing water of salvation. And on the other end of the spectrum of this conflicting crowd were these Pharisees and scribes. The Pharisees were a Jewish religious party in the day of Jesus. Their name literally means separated ones. They were highly self-righteous and followed the Old Testament law without fulfilling the essence of the love of God. Now, the scribes were religious lawyers. They were many times teachers of the Jewish people and supplemented the Old Testament written law with their own traditions. These Pharisees and scribes were the righteous keepers of the law who looked down on others, especially tax collectors and sinners. And they were always at odds with Jesus. So we have this conflicting crowd, a group that's seeking to be in the presence of Jesus, to hear his teaching, and maybe to receive his blessing, or maybe even to experience a miracle. Uh, these are the tax collectors and sinners. And we have another group that is coming to watch Jesus, to observe if he makes a mistake and finds himself in conflict with the religious law so they can accuse him of blasphemy or sacrilege or desecration of the religious laws. Look at this crowd, family of God. Those who are trying to right their wrongs and others, and others who are trying to protect their religious rules and rituals. We see the tax collectors and sinners trying to get in the presence of Jesus Christ. And then we see the Pharisees and scribes positioning themselves to be critical of Jesus. And yet, both of these groups showed up in the presence of Jesus. And as a side note, if the church keeps talking about Jesus, both crowds are going to show up. Sinner who knows himself is in need of a savior and the self-righteous who believe they are beyond needing assistance from anyone, anyone, even Jesus. And out of this conflicting crowd and seemingly incompatible gathering arises an opportunity for Jesus to teach a lesson to both crowds that were gathered, the tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees and scribes about the Lord as our caring shepherd. This uh, lesson arises out of the rude, contentious, 
and condescending comments of the Pharisees and scribes. Listen again to the opening verses of Luke chapter 15 in our text on today. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. The Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Look again at the scene. Jesus is doing what he always does. He is with those who wish to be with him. He's in the presence of those who know they need him. He's with those who he has to come to reconcile to himself. He's with the last and the least and the left out. He's with those who have been discarded by society, disassociated from the community, disowned by their families, and disconnected from the well-connected networks of the religious. He's with the downtrodden. He's with those who have been broken. Those who seem to have been defeated and demoralized. Jesus is, as acclaimed theologian, mystic, and religious leader, Howard Thurman said in his book, Jesus and the Disinherited, he says, Jesus is on the side of the poor and the disinherited. And that's where Jesus finds himself. And the self-righteous scribes, uh, and the full of themselves Pharisees begin a murmuring and complaining campaign. The new King, King James Version says they complain. The King James Version says they murmur. The English Standard Version says they grumble. Now, I have to admit, it's one thing to sit around and think about your thoughts and your opinions. But it's an entirely different thing to, the move, to move to the place of complaining and murmuring and grumbling. Now you've got to take a moment to notice the difference between thoughts and murmurings. Thoughts are private. Murmuring is always public. Thoughts are deliberative. That means they're purposeful and considered. Murmurings are divisive and discordant and disruptive. Uh, thoughts are meditative. That means they are uh, reflective and contemplative and introspective. And most times, murmurings are messy and problematic. And most of all, you can have your thoughts all by yourself. But you cannot have your murmurings by yourself. You see, that's what these Pharisees and scribes begin to do. They begin to drag other people into what, were their, thought, what their thoughts have initially been. You know how it is when you start thinking something negative about something or someone and it gets so good in your mind that you just can't sit down and keep it to yourself. It becomes like fire shut up in your bones. You have to pick up your phone and call somebody or text somebody or email somebody or post it on Facebook or Instagram and you have to get a whole group of people to validate your own, your own messy thought. And the thought that could have been kept to yourself has turned into a murmuring that's become destructive and damaging and devastating. Then you want to go 
hide your hands behind your back like you didn't have anything to do with it in the first place. These Pharisees and scribes began to murmur and complain. Jesus is with these tax collectors and sinners. They say that Jesus receives them and he eats with them. And family of God, this is a powerful statement about Jesus and how he feels about all of humanity. They say he receives sinners. It is better translated that he welcomes and accepts these sinners. Think about that. The Savior of the world, the pure, perfect, and holy Lamb of God welcomes and accepts these sinners into his presence. Now, the truth is, family of God, all of us should have shouted right there. The good news is he does not run the sinner away. Jesus welcomes and accepts the sinner in his presence. And the truth is, family of God, I don't care how long we've been saved, no matter how big our Bible is, no matter how we know how to praise and worship or how much scripture we know or even what ministry is in us. That's where it all started for each and every one of us. It started with Jesus welcoming and accepting sinners into his presence. All of us came to Jesus as sinners and aliens to God and wretches Undone, And yet, as the songwriter said, it was his amazing grace that saved a wretch like you and like me. And it was because he welcomed sinners into his presence, saint of God. It was not because you were so good. It was because he loved you. It was not because uh, we were so qualified, because we should have been disqualified by sin and being shaped in iniquity, and yet the sinless Savior welcomed us into his presence, and he accepted us. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. And so Jesus has to respond to these Pharisees and scribes and their con collective complaining and he addresses them with a parable that leaves them speechless. Now in this parable, he uses imagery and concepts that those who were listening to him at the time of the text would easily understand. He uses the imagery of the nomadic shepherd and the shepherd's flock of sheep. And he's speaking to this conflicting crowd, and he represents all parties involved in this parable. Jesus is certainly the caring shepherd. The tax collectors and sinners present, and all of us throughout the ages are the lost sheep. And the Pharisees and scribes who consider themselves the right and righteous are the 99. And so here he teaches them a simple lesson about the caring shepherd. He says to us, first of all, the caring shepherd values every sheep. You ought to tell somebody sitting on the couch with you that the caring shepherd values every sheep. 
Again, we have to understand that as Jesus is teaching, he's clearly identifying himself as the caring shepherd. And as he begins to teach, he uses a parable that all gathered, including, including the uh, Pharisees and scribes, would understand. The entire crowd knew of the shepherd's job responsibilities. They all knew that the sheep were not the brightest of animals. They all knew that a flock of from 20 to 200 was considered a normal flock of sheep. And they also knew that the shepherd's response to the loss of a sheep would prompt and provoke a search and rescue mission. Now understand that Jesus uses this image because he does not want to get into a back and forth with the Pharisees and the scribes. He just wishes to destroy the complaints and murmurings all the while showing how much he valued each and every soul of each and every person, especially those like the tax collectors and sinners because no one else valued them and no one else was concerned about them. So Jesus wanted to teach the lesson that each and every sheep was valued by the caring shepherd. Uh, listen uh, to the Lord as he uses this rhetorical question that locks the jaws of the complainers in the crowd in verse 4. He says, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? Now, what does this mean, family of God? It is significant because even though there are 99 that are safe and sound, uh, the loving shepherd is not satisfied with the 99 uh, because one is lost. And because a shepherd knows that as valuable as the gathered 99 are, the one that is lost is of great value to him as well. Jesus was making a powerful statement to those who had gathered near to him in this text. He was saying to these Pharisees and scribes, I, I know that you value yourself, and I know that you understand the world values you because of your power and prestige and position, but I, and I know the world respects you and reveres you because of your position of influence in the religious hierarchy. But he was saying to these Pharisees and scribes, understand that you think you're more important to people and to God because you practice the religious laws and keep all the commandments. But Jesus was saying, in spite of what you think about yourself, the Lord values these sinful folk that I've accepted and welcomed into my presence. God values these simple people or sinful people just like he values you. And family of God, that should evoke a couple of things in us on today. First, it should make us thankful. Thankful that in spite of what other people think about us, we should be thankful to know what the Lord thinks about us. He loves us and values us and most of the time in spite of us he continues to love us and that's something to be thankful for and secondly it should cause us to look at those who are lost 
differently. I don't care what someone has been through or what they're struggling through. If the Lord loves them and values them, we have to love them and value them as well. That's why during this year of revival, no matter who it is, we need to share the gospel because if the Lord loves them, we need to love them and care for them just as the Lord does. Even though they don't know the shout cues and they don't know the right church words, the fact is, if the Lord loves them, we need to love them. Now, isn't it amazing that the shepherd noticed out of 100 sheep, one was missing. I want you to know that if you have not given your life to the Lord today, he notices you, and he knows you, and he desires to be in relationship with you, and he desires that relationship so very much that the Bible reminds us that while we were yet sinners, this same shepherd died for us all. And so Jesus teaches us that the caring shepherd values every sheep. He teaches us that the caring shepherd searches for every sheep. And so Jesus cuts down the complainers and silences the murmurers and moves a step further. Jesus says, because the shepherd values every sheep, when one is lost, <clears throat> the caring shepherd will search and go wherever he needs to go to rescue that one sheep. Again, verse 4, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. The shepherd leaves the 99 in the wilderness. Now wilderness here does not mean a desert or deserted place. It means a grassland or an open pasture. He leaves the 99 and searches and pursues the one lost sheep. And the original language, language suggests he keeps on going until he finds the sheep, no matter how far he has to go. And some of us need to thank God for the caring shepherd that is Jesus Christ. Shout of God replay in your life how the Lord ventured to what may have seemed to be the end of the earth to find you. When you were at the end of your rope, he searched and found you. When you were lost in your sins, he searched and found you. It may have been a geographical place he found us or a spiritual place he found us, but the good news is no matter where we were, he found us. For some of us, we should be rejoicing that the text suggests that the shepherd keeps on going no matter how far he has to go to find us because you don't have to fess up right now, but the truth is many of us were far from the Lord 
Oh, but the kept, uh, the caring shepherd uh, kept on searching for us. We had gone astray. We had lost our way. But the truth is, no matter how far off the path we had gone, he kept on searching for us. And somebody ought to be willing to testify that he kept on searching to find me in spite of me going astray, in spite of me turning my back on him, in spite of me uh, being willing to uh, go against his will, he still kept on searching. And child of God, I want to tell you today, if you've not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, if you're listening or watching on today, he's searching for you right now. Wherever you might be, he's searching for you. He wants you to be a part of the family of God. Oh, it's good news to know that Jesus went as far as he needed to go to find us. Oh, and the saints of God have always put pen to paper to remind us that he kept on searching. and That he, he went as far as he needed to go to make sure that he found us when we were lost. Oh, thank God for that caring shepherd that cared for us when we had gone astray, cared for us when we were lost and it seemed as if we could not be found, cared for us when it seemed as if we were unsavable and unsalvageable. Unsalv uh, we ought to rejoice today that the shepherd, the caring shepherd, he keeps on searching no matter where we find ourselves. Oh yes, uh, the songwriters have said it in so many ways in years gone past. One songwriter says, amazing grace, how Sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I I'm only found now because he searched for me. Another songwriter says, I was sinking deep in sin. I was far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within I was sinking to rise to rise no more but the master of the sea he heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me now safe Safe am I. Ah, uh, it was, it was uh, love that lifted me. Ah, uh, when nothing else would help, uh, love uh, lifted me. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad uh, that I have a loving shepherd. Uh-huh, who goes as far as needed uh, to make sure that I'm safe and saved. Do I have a witness? Uh, yes, Lord, uh, I'm going to leave you alone. But I thank God uh, that we have a caring shepherd uh, that values each and every sheep. Uh -huh, I'm glad, I'm glad. Uh, 
we have a caring shepherd who searches for every sheep and he goes as far as he has to go to make sure that his sheep are safe and saved do I have a witness I gotta leave you here but yes Lord the Bible tells us that he went as far as necessary to make sure that you and I could be safe and saved do I have a witness one Friday evening outside the walls of Jerusalem he showed us he'll go as far and necessary to make sure we're saved and make sure we're saved one Friday outside the walls of Jerusalem do I have a witness on a hill called Calvary he died I said yes he died with nails in his hand with a spike in his feet with a sword in his side and a crown of thorns on his head he died he died one friday outside the walls of jerusalem did you hear what i said the old saints would say he died he died till the earth rocked and reeled like a drunken man he died he died to the moon hemorrhage from heartbreak and the moon went down in blood he died he died until the romans declared this must be the son of god that's how far he went to make sure we were safe and saved he died he died on calvary's cross but the good news is the story didn't end on calvary's cross they took him down from that old rugged cross and put him in a borrowed tomb the old saints would say it was a borrowed tomb because he wouldn't need it for always he died he died they buried him in a borrowed tomb do i have a witness and can't you imagine the devil getting on his cell phone and calling old death and calling old grave saying death do you have everything under control and death said yes i've got this jesus under control and then he called old grave and grave said i haven't lost one yet i've got this thing under control do i have a witness well that was a saturday night phone call yes lord but i'm glad today i'm glad today oh i'm glad today 
The story didn't end on Friday. The story didn't end on Saturday night because bright early, I said bright early, bright early, yeah, bright early, yeah, bright early, yeah, bright early. Sunday morning, he got up with all power. I said all power, all power, all power, all power, all power in his hand. And I'm glad tonight, today to know he did whatever he needed to do to make sure I could be saved, to make sure you could be saved. Is there anybody here who will tell him thank you? Who will tell him thank you? Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. You ought to shout where you are right now. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. If I had 10,000 tons, I couldn't tell him thank you enough. If I had 10,000 tongues, I couldn't praise him enough. Yes, Lord, if I couldn't say a word, 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 I'd wave my hand. I'd wave my hand. Go ahead and wave your hand. Yeah, wave your hand. Somebody ought to open their mouth. Somebody ought to lift your hands. Somebody ought to tell him thank you. 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 Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you. Somebody ought to declare Even though we're not worthy He's worthy From the rising of the sun 
of the temple going down on the same. He's worthy. 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 Yeah, worthy. I'm trying to leave it alone I'm trying to leave it alone But when I think Of that caring shepherd When I think about Jesus And all he's done For me and for you my soul cries out hallelujah 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 You ought to shout hallelujah wherever you are. If this ain't your key, find your key. Yeah, hallelujah. I'm trying to leave it alone, trying to leave it alone, trying to leave it alone. But somebody out there shouting with me, because the Lord found you wherever you were. You ought to take one more time to lift your hands and tell him thank you. 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 Yeah, 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 thank you. search for that one sheep. He wants you to be found even now. And Romans 10 tells, you, tells us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ, that great caring shepherd, is the Son of God, 
that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we extend an invitation to you today to know that caring shepherd who would leave the 99 to make sure that you are saved and safe. Please call us at 402-455-1000, option three, so that you can give your life to the Lord. Or if you're here, or you're listening or watching, and you're already saved, but for whatever reason, you don't have a church home, you don't have a church family, we invite you to become a part of the Lord's family here at the Salem Baptist Church. Please call us at 402-455-1000, option three, to let us know that you want to be a part of the Lord's family here at the Salem Church. And so even now, we offer Christ to you. pray that you have made a decision to give your life to the Lord on today and to become a part of the Lord's church here at the Salem Baptist Church. We pray and hope and believe that this worship experience has been a blessing to you on today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are thankful for the caring shepherd that is displayed in your word on today in Luke chapter 15 we pray that there are those who will accept him as Lord and Savior we pray your blessings upon each and every person watching or listening in this moment you know their hearts and their hearts desires we pray that you would fulfill them within your will Bless this coming week for all who have shared with us in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God all across this city, all across this state all across the nation and even all across the world said together amen amen and amen and we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead